if we reduce our careers to purely a business level, mm -hmm. then it can be really easy to disregard why we're doing what we're doing. So I think it's important to remember to ask questions, be curious, and don't assume you know the answer. I was lucky enough to have a specific reason to ask you about what's driving you today, but we should remember to ask questions like that without a prompt. Being reminded or discovering why you do what you do is a gift to me on my own journey. So thank you. Welcome to the act of storytelling. We want to debate, investigate and entertain. Join us as we challenge the human experience by speaking to people who impact the world through art. Chapter 2, Podcast 7, Nick Kane and Lauren Bailey. Hi everybody. I'm Nick Kane. And I'm Lauren Bailey. Welcome to the act of storytelling. We would like to show our respect and acknowledge the traditional custodians of this land, of Elders past and present, on which this podcast recording today takes place. Welcome to a new year for the podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, ball boys, chorus members alike, <laughs> it is a new year. What a fantastic time it is. 12 months of podcasts it's in front of us, Lauren Bailey. It's a great time to be alive. It's a great time to be alive. Well, <laughs> and you know what? You should be pretty excited to be alive because this podcast is going to take a slightly different tack. How exciting is this? You're going to be hearing a lot from myself and Lauren, not only on our year and where we're headed, but finally, Lauren Bailey, finally <laughs> we take the opportunity to interview each other. It's the interviewers becoming the interviewees, and it's been four years in the making. We'll also share our thoughts on what we've learned from our time on the podcast, speaking to some amazing storytellers. That'll be in the outro today on the other side of our interviews. And this month's podcast is ideally a motivational mix of inspiring content for you, the listener, at the start of the second month of the year. And we hope you like listening to it as much as we enjoyed recording it. Indeed. And I guess especially since we're doing that, we're taking a bit of a different tack with the interview itself. Let's also, rather than talk about our month uh, ahead, Lauren, we thought we'd do something different with this front section as well, which is talk a little bit about, rather than the month, reflect on where we're at at the moment and the most courageous things we'll undertake this year. So we want them to be scary. We want to know <laughs> what is keeping you up at night, Lauren. That's what we want to know. What's the thing that's going to take courage for you this year? <laughs> oh, Nick, you make me laugh. Okay, you're talking about what's ahead this year and, and what big things we've got planned. So I've got a bit of a story before I can touch on that yeah. matter. So when we recorded for the December podcast... Mm-hmm. I said to you that although it was the end of the year, rather than treating things as the end of something and post-New Year the start of something else, that I was going to be focusing on continuity. Uh -huh. Yes, I do remember. And as commendable <laughs> as that sentiment perhaps was at the time, I'm not sure I realised what I was setting myself up for. And if I'm honest, I don't think I took the time that I needed at the end of last year for a break, which has been a lesson in itself. And looking back at what was a pretty amazing year for me, I also realised that I didn't really take any time during that year for a break either. 
And that maybe instead of focusing on continuity, I should have been focusing on downtime. <laughs> anyway, so I didn't do that. And of course, the year started and the first thing that happened was that I got sick and I was sick for a couple of weeks. And I very quickly realized that rather than being able to sort of tap into inspiration and continue with my creative projects and plan for a brand new year, I needed to slow everything down. Mm. And that period of ill health strangely or not so strangely aligned with work that I've been doing on shifting some beliefs that I feel are blocking me and -hmm. also changing my perspective on what I feel I can achieve in life not just this year yeah now you know me pretty well Nick I like to think so (laughs) and as much as I think it's important to be grateful for and happy with where you are in your life at any given point in time you probably also know this about me that I'm Definitely a goal-oriented person. Understatement of the year. So I've been sick and like, right, this continuity thing isn't going to plan. I don't have a lot of energy. I'm trying to clear this box. What can I do? And I decided to do three things. I started a daily yoga practice for January and I've been focusing on self-love, which is a bit of a buzz Mm. term, but that's including health and fitness and finances Mm-hmm. And I set one big goal. And you're probably thinking, okay, Lauren, get, get there. But this is the thing, the one big goal. This is the thing. What is it? <laughs> so this is my thing. And I guess what's scary about it, it's a big goal, but also the act of announcing it to the world is, I guess, what gives it its edge. But mm-hmm. my goal for 2018 is that by the end of the year... I want to be financially supporting myself solely from my creative projects. Beautiful. That's a very reasonable goal. Well, reasonable or not, I suppose at the moment I'm not sure. How to get there necessarily. Um, You know, last year was a great year. Yep. But Mm. I guess I'm talking about a, a, a shift from doing other types of work to supplement an acting career to all of my creative things, filmmaking, writing, podcasting, presenting, voiceover, acting, that by the end of the year, that's going to be sustaining me. So it's really exciting. And I guess anything that is really exciting is also in other ways (laughs) quite scary. So supporting yourself completely through your artistry, that's a question or or a statement that I'm sure a lot of people listening would completely understand and, and probably is one of their aspirational goals. So it's a nice goal, but then how do you practically put that into play? Yeah, this is the thing. This is not a new goal to me, except that it's new in its level of specificity. I've started yep. other years where I'm like, right, by the end of the year, I'm just going to be doing this one thing. And I guess mm. that's something that's different. My goal is that I'm spreading financial support across all the creative potential sources in my life. And Mm -hmm. I'm going to talk a bit about it in our takeaways on the other side of our interviews today as well. But it comes down to a shift in attitude and I'm testing something with my shift in attitude. Mm. Uh, So I don't have really clear roadblocks. And part of that is because I was (laughs) sick. I haven't done as much work on this yet as I will do. But mm-hmm. I decided that um, what I felt was right for me at this point in my career is to make what could be a big goal and also is completely achievable and, and just put mm-hmm. that out there 
and have that guiding me through the year. Yeah, but it sounds like there's a plan and it may not be that you want to share that with the, the entire world right now uh, and I totally get that. But uh, that's a really cool goal and, you know, as I said, I look forward to in 12 months sitting here with you and the excitement of being in your mansion as you're supporting your arts with an amazing revenue coming in. <laughs> so that's a wonderful goal and I'm glad you put it out there. And just to touch back on what you said around self-love, and the importance of, you know, you did talk about continuity and, and just continuing on towards the end of last year, but it is important to have a break, isn't it? And really recharge those batteries in some way, yeah. whether you do it over the Christmas break or whether you do it mid-year or, or whatever works for you and, and your lifestyle, but it is an important thing to decompress. You're, abso- you're absolutely right. And I, st- I still haven't really had an opportunity to do that uh, apart yeah. from slowing right down and and focusing on health and fitness and all of that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I guess part of the plan will hopefully involve a holiday somewhere. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> no, that's it. You've got to do it. Yeah. That's part of it. It's part of self-love. Yeah. Uh, so, that's, um. I don't know, is that big enough and scary enough? That's pretty scary. You know, supporting yourself completely through your artistic endeavours is pretty scary, but very achievable. Uh, what about you? Because I know that obviously you've, you know, we're at the end of the, the first month and you've already had some really massive life events happen. Oh, yeah. So let's talk about that and how you top that. <laughs> yeah, well, let's, uh, it might not be known if uh, this is the first podcast since it's happened. So for the listeners, myself and my lovely wife have had a baby, a baby girl. Uh, which was fantastic. She came very, very early, about seven weeks early in the end, which was quite the surprise. We were actually having a dinner party at the time when she came uh, to visit. <laughs> well, well she's here permanently. A long-term visitor. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So, look, it was, it was a shock, but it, it was an interesting thing that I think relates to what I'm about to talk about, which I want to take you a little bit further back to New Year's Eve. And I was sitting at home, uh, I'm old these days, so we were home by <laughs> before the fireworks. <laughs> and I was watching the fireworks on TV. I was having a whiskey, relaxing. Whiskey? And that is a bit. Yeah. That is drink the of sign of the next. For the older gentleman. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, my lovely <laughs> wife Roxy was in bed because, you know, she was uh, fairly pregnant at that point. You know, I had a bit of time to reflect and it is an interesting time to reflect uh, around about five minutes to midnight. And... One of the things that I wrote down as not really a goal, but I guess a, a way to think or a way to um, approach 2018, I wrote this and I'll just share it with you. It says, I may not be ready, but I'm always willing. And I think at the time when I wrote that, it was really around this idea that there's a lot of things in my life. Number one, that I'm uh, that either are about to happen to me, you know, aka a baby at that time (laughs) and there's a whole heap of things that I'm sitting on right now so we've talked about the stand-up comedy piece we have a movie concept I'm now living in Newcastle so how does that work in regards to my life between Sydney Newcastle and ideally LA how does that all work and and I found myself maybe unconsciously I'd, I'd been blocking myself a little bit in regards to the fear of the unknown thinking that I was maybe just continually prepping myself, but really maybe I was stopping myself. For instance, let's use the stand-up as an example. I've got a good five minutes worth of uh, material there that, I, that is ready to go to stage, you know, a, a longer, a whole show that is 
too fat and, and flabby, but there is five minutes ready to go. But in my heart of hearts, I was like, oh, you know what? Maybe I should have another pass of the document. Maybe I should have another draft before I get it up on stage or do it. And it's like, yeah, but you know what? Oh, like I can always say that. It, it yeah. may never be ready. <laughs> but if you don't get out there and start to learn by doing, then I'll probably never get out there and the fear will overcome me. 10,000 hours. You've 10,000 hours. Yeah. <laughs> Correct. You've got a long way to What's go. What they say, the first step. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. But that's that's what I mean. So I may not be ready, but I'm always willing means that, hey, you know what? If the opportunity arises, take it, even if you might not feel like you're ready because in, at the end of the day, when are you ready? Yeah, are I you ever that. really ready? <laughs> so I think it's quite interesting that I th- thought that and it probably uh, lended itself to uh, beautiful, my beautiful baby uh, Harper arriving in the world. She's like, okay, I'm coming. <laughs> yeah, you know, I wasn't ready for that either, but um, I'm certainly willing. And I think that's a great thing that I want to bring into uh, the way that I approach 2018. So, yeah, so that's a that's a fantastic frame of mind to be in. How does that connect to the big, mm. scary challenge that you feel you need to yeah. be courageous for? Yeah, it's beautiful. So here's the thing. I thought, is it the stand-up comedy? It could be. Is it the movie concept? It could be. <laughs> Becoming a father? Well, that that's happened, that right? Definitely. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's definitely happened. This is the big one for me, yeah. is the connection between, because I live in Newcastle now, can I find a way to connect my life so that it is truly global in the sense of Newcastle, Sydney, LA? Wow. By the end of the year... Can I work it so that do I spend a little bit of time in LA and be able to audition there? Can I also ensure that I hold my connections to Sydney and Newcastle so that I'm truly a global performer in that sense? Yeah. So that's an interesting challenge. Yeah, and that's that's huge. So just like you just did to me, <laughs> what's your plan? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a very good point. It is one of those things that I need to work on and it's an interesting time to be approaching it because I need to find the sweet spot between family life and also the journey and not lose focus on both, So if that makes sense. So here's my thing. Do you want to hear what, mm-hmm. what I yeah, think is please. The, the key here? It's at the beginning of the year. We set a big goal. We, we can see the end of the year. We can see where we want to be, how mm. we're living paint that picture for yourself mm. but of course everything takes time mm-hmm. and yeah. that's a great thing and obviously we've set I've th- this is how I've been feeling okay I've set that goal why can't I see it already happening <laughs> mm. in its own way it's enough to have have set that goal and know that it's coming and that we never know what's around the corner and we never know how long it's going to take but that's ah. okay love it Love it, Lauren Bailey. And with that note, I think we get straight into hearing from two very inspirational storytelling guests, <laughs> if you don't mind. Uh, one of them is an actor, writer, filmmaker and podcast host. And her name is Lauren Bailey. And the other one is an actor, presenter, voiceover artist, producer and creative, Nick Kane. Well, 
I've been waiting for this moment for many years, Lauren <laughs> Bailey, for, in fact, it's the opportunity dun, 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 where dun. I get to finally interview you. Firstly, welcome to the interview. Oh, thank you. Thanks uh, for having me, Nick. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. Now, just to set a bit of context for listeners that don't know, we always, with our guests that we invite onto the podcast, we ask them to deliver a story at the start of the podcast, and we give them a multitude of topics to choose from. And today, Lauren will be delivering her story. <laughs> and the topic that she's chosen to talk about is, if you could have your most important artistic question answered, what would it be? I've been performing for over two decades and have also been writing on and off now for about a decade. It was during the process of writing my short film In Life Today that I arrived at a key understanding of my voice as a storyteller, what topics I'm interested in investigating as an artist and what I feel the best way to achieve those ends is. So my most important artistic question at the moment is how do we, as individuals and as a society, enact positive change? And In Life Today looks at that question quite specifically, but that goes across the films that I'm interested in watching, the books that I enjoy reading, uh, what I feel like I bring to the characters I play, is where is the hope in this character or this story? What part does that play? How does that empower us as individuals? And can that help us to achieve positive change? I think that's always been such a clear goal of yours, Lauren, and I think it's fantastic. There's always positivity, there's always light, there's always hope in everything you do, and I think that's a wonderful quality to have in the work that you do. I mean, it's interesting because... I feel like that's something I've only been discovering over the last few years, and maybe the mm. podcast has helped me do that. Maybe it's always been there, and now you can yeah, articulate maybe, it yeah. in a really <laughs> wonderful way. So let's go right back, and I love the fact I get to do this. Oh. Let's go back to your first <laughs> acting experience. How do you feel you've changed as a performer since then? I'm going to take us back to my performance as Puck mm-hmm. in the Victorian New Theatre's production of A Midsummer Night's Dream at St. Stephen's Church in (laughs) Richmond. A few years ago. (laughs) Back to the Dark Ages. (laughs) Yeah, so that's, I mean, obviously I had minor roles in in creative developments at school and and drama class and all of that. But this for me was my my first production. And it was interesting because recently I was working on on an independent feature, The Unlit, and... I'd finished filming for the day and then I was headed to the Impulse Company Australia's Christmas drinks. And on the way, I happened to walk through the grounds of the church. And I didn't realise until I got there, although obviously I'm very familiar with that area of Richmond, that of course I was walking past my first ever stage. Oh, wow. And I posted about it on Instagram. So some people may have seen this already. It was amazing. I looked at it and it's been done up a little bit and Mm. there's a tire strategically placed at the bottom of a Mm. nice tree that's growing there now and an extra pathway. And But I was like, wow, that's that's the grass where Ah. we performed the first two acts of A Midsummer Night's Room and then we went inside the church. So I put my bag down. And I went, stood on the grass and I looked out at the little bit of cement where the audience would have been sitting, which obviously in my memory is a big bit of cement, and just thought about one of Puck's lines. And it was just 
it was beautiful. It's quite some time ago now. And so I had this beautiful feeling of the passage of time. And this question is just took me back to that incident a few weeks ago. Mm. And I think the thing that I've learned over the years, I've done so much training since Mm. then, but now I'm at the point where I feel that what I'm learning is as much about craft as it is about how to be me. Mm -hmm. Because you do, you start off with craft, don't you? You go and you go to school and you're like, all right, what's this acting business Mm -hmm. about? And then you sort of get to this point where you start to realize that the uniqueness in you is what it is all about. That's how you can be different to the next actor. But even it? even I feel for a long time people say, oh, figure out what the uniqueness about you is. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, okay, be- better That's figure that out. Easy. And if you yeah. started performing yeah. or, and training when you were young, mm. at that point you actually were learning who mm. you are while you're learning craft. And obviously I'm still learning craft, mm-hmm. but they say find yourself in a character mm-hmm. it's finding myself in the craft and yeah. that the more nice work i do the yeah. more i understand the simplicity of that yeah did that answer the question oh, no it does it does <laughs> but it leads us to the next question which i think is one that you're going to have some really wonderful tips for everyone listening oh pressure pressure right so <laughs> i want to know now that you're at this point in your career it's taken probably a fair bit of motivation over many years to stay hungry what are the tips, the top three tips? It's like, no, it's easy to stay hungry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But no, but it does, it does take no, certain kidding. internal motivation. So what are the three uh, tips that you have uh, that you've learnt for people over your artistic career? Okay, shuffles notes. Here's my best <laughs> efforts at, at being profound and instructive. My number one tip for staying motivated is to find the joy whether that's inside the artistic piece that you're investigating, the story, mm-hmm. through the collaboration that you're working mm-hmm. in, mm-hmm. or from the outcome of generating art and sharing that art with the world. Yeah. My second tip mm-hmm. <laughs> is to find a way to enjoy the fact that sometimes you'll really need to work and push yourself and grow, sometimes and often, and Part of that is this idea of, of committing. Before I, you start a new job, before you write an important paper or a script, before you do a performance, it's easy to feel nervous, doubtful, tired, unsure, should I be doing this, should I do something else with my time, yeah. is this the right place yeah. for me? As soon as you commit and begin the work, then you're engaged with what you're doing and before you know whatever it is 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 done and you're yeah. on to the next thing. And obviously habits involved in that. But, yeah, yeah there's just something for me in, in understanding that you'll need yeah, to, to work hard. and yeah. having that be a great and thing rather okay. than it. Yep. Yes, yep. yes. Yeah, love it. So that's <laughs> tip number two. What about tip number three? Uh, number three is engage with the world. Whether that's experiencing art, mm-hmm. catching up with good friends, having coffee with collaborators, mm-hmm. going for a walk, I believe that sometimes we spend so much time looking inside ourselves trying to find an answer and that sometimes it's easier to find the answer inside yourself by turning your gaze outward. I totally agree with this and it's a piece of advice that was handed to me in my very first year of NIDA audition. Really? Oh, that's fantastic. When I was 18 years of age, they said to me, 
you're brilliant. You're raw, obviously. You're 18 years of age. But go and experience the world because that is going to make you a better actor and a better uh, performer and person. So it's a really wonderful thing that they said to me. And I must admit, I actually never went back for another. <laughs> but I did go and experience the world and it led me on a path that to this day I'm so happy I went on that path. Yeah. So wonderful piece of advice. But I also mean not just mm. in a big sense, oh, yeah, yeah. but you know when you're sitting there, mm. you might be sitting there at a computer trying to write or lying, I don't know, lying in bed yeah. in the morning and trying to get motivated yeah. to actually do something that connects you to something else or another human being or the nature. Yeah, and by doing that, then you, everything inside you starts to sort of start to work again. Yeah, no, no, <laughs> definitely. I completely get that. But I mean, okay, so now we want to talk about what's happening with you right now. Let's think about what is the driving force behind what you're currently making, performing, considering about making or performing, and why does it matter? So basically what I'm saying to you is, what's next? Why do I matter? Is that, is that what you're asking me? Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> basically, I want to know what's next for you and why now? My acting is my primary focus, and I am currently refreshing my portfolio for the year ahead with some new headshots and hopefully some new footage from some of the film work that I did last year. Mm-hmm. And I am hopefully shortly going to be reprising my role as Mel in Cuckoo for 15 minutes from anywhere. Mm. Uh, so nothing definitive to announce on that yet, but hopefully we're either touring or having another Melbourne season this year, which is very exciting. Mm-hmm. And of course I am writing as I always seem to mention on the podcast so I'm continuing to develop the tv series for in life today which uh, uses the short film as a proof of concept and I'm pitching or working on a on a couple of other projects as well Um, but in life today is something that I'm uh, although I've been working on it for some time now I'm definitely still very excited about it and it really it's really in line with my voice as an artist, as I mentioned earlier. Yes. So I guess there's a lot going on. There's the, there's the podcast I'm writing and acting, um, but my sort of the through line between all of those and, and the overall goal is to create content and characters that I'm interested in exploring as an artist. So... Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, you know, it's the start of the year. The year is somewhat unformed yet, but I definitely think there are exciting times ahead. And... The final question I have for you today, Lauren, is looking at all that, what advice would you give to a young Lauren who was just starting out as an actor, that young Lauren who was playing Puck, (laughs) what advice would you give her now? Okay, that's easy. Love yourself, forgive yourself, and recognize that by doing that, you can support yourself and that everything you need at any given point in time is inside you already or that you have already. Wow, that's beautiful. Do you do that? Those are things I purposefully concentrate on in a day-to-day way in lots of situations. Well, Lauren, it's been a pleasure to talk to you in this format. Uh, I look forward to working with you on the podcast (laughs) for a much longer... uh, Thank you again. As do I. So it's my pleasure to turn the tables and be interviewing you. 
at the start of 2018 and this point in your career. Mm -hmm. And of course, the topic that you've chosen to share your story with Mm -hmm. on today is in answer to the question, what is your one defining statement to the world as an artist? Go. Well, I have a deep fascination with the universe. It's a constant source of wonder for me. I think our role within the universe on a macro scale, it's almost overwhelming how insignificant I believe that we humans seem. Yet within all of us, each of us seem quite incidental, you know? Like it's just one of these things, we have this expansive universe and then we're all these little individuals running around this one little planet. But (laughs) one of the things I find most interesting is that we all have this sort of expansive universe within ourselves, within our Mm. own individual consciousness. And it kind of is the start and the end of our own universe like there's this wonderful space in between and each one of us is experiencing fear and love and courage and laughter and I imagine we're all experiencing this just as deeply as the next person I mean for billions of people it means everything to exist and nothing to not and it's mind-boggling that concept and it's one that scares the absolute shit out of me and I think that's what I'm getting at is that existence must mean something as a collective well, what's the point, right? It's a pretty lonely alternative. So there's so many questions I have around the purpose of why we're here. And the older I get, maybe the more nihilistic these questions become. But nevertheless, my art and acting in particular has always been a connection to something that feels like it might just have that answer to what we're hoping we want to hear. Um, so as lowbrow or as highbrow as that might seem at the time, it all counts. I'm not a niche artist. I like to explore what excites me day to day and what makes us feel or become significant. So in ourselves and in others and in the moments we share, having shared what I do already with more people than I can possibly appreciate fully, I think my defining legacy needs to be leaving this world having made some humans feel significant or appreciate the stories of others as being more significant after my efforts. Sometimes that can be as simple as a well-timed fart joke, whatever it takes. Oh, of course. You, <laughs> you can tell this beautiful, beautiful story. And that's a, of course. <laughs> that's what I mean. You no, know, I, it's, yeah. It's, it's just whatever that means to you, whatever this moment is. That, it's like the beauty and the levity. Yeah, yeah. that's right. So. Thank you for sharing that. that. Pleasure. You said you were going deep and you were not <laughs> not joking. Yeah. Uh, so if you can take us back, please, to yes. your first acting experience. Mm. Let us know. Tell us a bit about that experience. Yeah. And then I'd love to know how you feel you've changed as a performer since mm. that time. Yeah. My first ever performance, I do have to share, I was a church mouse in a wonderful <laughs> school production. But I won't go into too much detail. But it, I must admit it was a wonderful base to really learn uh, performance at a young age. <laughs> it, it, it was just, there were school productions that were done so well and the rehearsal process was lengthy, which was really great. <laughs> but it wasn't until much later that I actually got my first professional gig, which was in a show called Totally Wasted, which was basically a theatre and education piece. And it uh, was based around young kids and drinking culture. And I'll never forget it. It was... I had a $50, which was my payment, and I still have that laminated check (laughs) to this day, which is quite amazing. But what I remember about that performance was the raw energy that everyone had and the camaraderie. Like, we're all young, and we were doing something brilliant, 
and we might not have necessarily something had really meaningful by the sound really of it. Really meaningful, yeah. And for for a young actor, that was amazing. And I think now I look back on those times and the things that have changed for me. Performance has become more of a business as I've started to understand it, and I've started to respect the work more. And that means that I look back on that show and the character that I developed as great as it may have been, <laughs> did I have a craft behind it? Nothing like I do now. Anyway, that's for sure. So I think over time I've really got this respect for the work and realising that shortcuts are not tolerated, you know? Like for me personally, the work for me, the only way I can feel happy with it is if I go up on stage and no matter what the audience thinks, if I feel within myself that I've, I've really given that character everything, then, then I'm, I'm happy with that. Yeah. So there's definitely that respect for the work has grown over the years. Yeah. And for yourself, by the sounds of and it. And for myself, yeah, yeah. 100%. Yeah, so in the vein of, of respect for the work, mm. I mean, that's a fantastic way to lead into if you can share the top three things that you have for yourself that keep you motivated working towards your goals, both big and small. It was interesting hearing yours, Lauren, uh, because... It's funny how closely we are aligned with some of our tips because my first tip was going to be find the joy in oh, the work. Oh, that's fantastic. And the way, the reason being is that we all know, or I certainly feel this way, that performance um, and acting in particular is 90% preparation, 10% performance. So if you don't enjoy that mm. preparation phase, then you're going to be a little bit disappointed in, in the journey because that's where the fun is. So you've got to find that joy if it means that, you know, and you hear people talk about acting as becoming a detective and it's your job to find those little elements that bring that or unlock that character. That's the stuff. I think you've got to find the joy in the work somehow. So that's tip number one. Yeah. Uh, number two is just surround yourself with the people who get your juices flowing. Like it's, <laughs> it's that, you know, if you can find those people and share with them your inner thoughts, your trials, your challenges your successes be silly with them love them create with them because that that is what it's all about that community is that's my tip too is surround yourself with people who will help you make great work and help you get through it and number three this is a big one for me this is probably my biggest tip is design your life to be conducive to success so you can't just wing this so i'm talking eat right exercise because it's all a part of your tool your body as a tool and lifestyle design was a hot word a couple of years ago and I still believe it is because it's a thing that's vital. You have to design your life to be conducive to success. So I use a thing called a life bible. I've titled it that. It's not necessarily you can title it whatever oh, you want. I love this. But you basically make a document that breaks down your life into sections. So that might be health, that might be acting, that might be relationships. And you find the goal that you want, how are you going to achieve it? and the actions you'll take. Yeah. Add into that Bible one more thing, which is your higher self. Who do you see yourself as? The perfect self. Who is that? And just always review it. If it's uh, every couple of months or every year, do that. That's what if you? That sounds amazing. What if you have the goal, but you're not sure how to get there? Do you still put it yeah, in the Bible? put it down. Put it in the Bible because what will happen is, and you might not be sure how to get there, but there are certain steps that you can take to at least inform you 
of how you might get there. So it might be that your goal is very simple and it might only have one step for this particular year, but it might be research whether I'm going to enjoy doing that, research whether <laughs> does that, research. So it's all about finding ways to get you on where you want to be. And the beauty of it is at the end of the year, you look at that document and you see what you've achieved. And that's yeah. a really powerful thing as well. Fantastic. I'm going to get myself a life Bible. <laughs> yeah, I'll share it with you. <laughs> no, that would be fantastic. I would yeah. really appreciate that. Yeah, so we've talked about respect for the work and yourself. We've mm-hmm. talked about tips to stay mm-hmm. motivated. Mm-hmm. All of these are real driving forces. Yep. Um, is there anything else that you feel is a driving force behind the work that you're currently making mm-hmm. and that you're hoping to soon be performing in mm-hmm. or you're, you're thinking about mm-hmm. and – and why is that driving force important to you? Yeah, this next project I have is one that's pretty close to my heart. Podcast listeners will have heard me over the past little while speak about things, big topics that I've gone through as far as anxiety and depression and things like that. And this next project tackles that in a really interesting way. And I'm lucky enough that I get to well, I'm lucky enough that I have the skills to be able to communicate with other people and to share where I'm at. Some men, and this gives away a little bit of the story, <laughs> some men, especially at the moment in society, the idea of masculinity in men is changing and not everyone knows how to uh, deal with that and talk through that. So I think this next project for me, it's all about that social change and we talk about this so much with the podcast. It's really aligned to that in regards to how can this next project help start to deliver conversations, start to help people understand the changes and how to get help for those things that they're dealing with. So, yeah, it's a pretty powerful next project. Yeah. And usually, you know, like, you know me, Lauren, with the levity, this is, there's not, this is just... There's no levity in this. This is but pure you know I was talk, drive. Yeah. talking earlier about mm. the the stuff that I'm writing and mm. that idea of does it excite you? Mm. And it, this it idea clearly yeah. strikes a chord with you. Mm. And it, and the idea of being able to help engender those conversations yeah. that that's clearly very exciting to you. It so is. yes, looking forward to working with you on that one. <laughs> <laughs> I think we've given away a bit there too. <laughs> that's that okay. <laughs> you guys will forget, right? That's right. <laughs> Um, And so the last question Mm -hmm. for today Mm -hmm. is what advice would you give to either the young church mouse (laughs) (laughs) or the young individual who performed in Totally Wasted, for which I seem to remember you won an award? Uh, Oh, well played. Yes, I did. Hello. Play with Uh, the potential. Well, there you go. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't that awesome? So what what advice would you give to the young Nick who who was the player with the most potential? Oh, yeah. You know what I'd say to him? It isn't a fad. (laughs) What you're going through isn't a fad. I think when I was young and I started acting, I kind of went, is this something that I do because I'm 19 and 20 and I think that acting's just this thing that people do. And deep down, I think I knew that it wasn't, but it's still one of those things. I looked around, everyone was an actor that was around me. I was (laughs) like, is this because I'm surrounded by other actors? And slowly as I've got older, uh, people have stopped becoming actors that are the people around me. And I'm still here and I'm still enjoying it, which is the thing. So I would just say, relax, (laughs) you're on the right path. And the other part of that is, 
make sure, and you kind of touched on this, and I'm, this is two pieces of advice, but that's okay. We'll allow it. Yeah. For today. <laughs> you don't have to get it right. When you're training, you don't have to get it right. Find your path. Because I think when I started training, I was trying to emulate rather than find my own path. Mm. So what I mean by that is, in the end, I didn't want to become a cookie cutter actor, like the same style as someone else. Like I was looking to other people to emulate and now I'm looking to um, forge my own path. So I think that's the piece of advice is uh, your uniqueness is okay. And I know that sounds cliche, but it's so true. Cliches are cliches for a reason. Well, that's right. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly right. So find your own path and um, it's not a fad. Well, thank you so much for sharing, Nick. And I just want to reiterate what a great pleasure it is working with you and having your lovely self in my life. Thank you, Lauren Bailey. (laughs) It's a love fest. Brilliant. A bit of an experience to be, figuratively speaking at least, on the other side of the microphone. <laughs> I'm not sure if that works. Very good. On the other side of the camera, other side of the microphone. Uh, any takeaways from our little chinwag, Nick? Yes. Well, from speaking to you, Lauren, you know, I've spoken to you a lot, but <laughs> having the opportunity to do that was quite interesting because I noticed something more strongly than I ever have about uh, your direction your clarity and positivity. So what I noticed is that there is a really clear picture of where you fit in the world and your message. And I think that's a wonderful thing because it aligns. It aligns. Your message, you and your personality, it all aligns, which is a lovely thing. And to back it up with the positivity, it's just, yeah, it's it's wonderful to hear and it's really quite inspiring. So what I took out of that is... What is that thing that people go, you know what, that reminds me of Nick, because there certainly is one for you, Lauren. So I really quite enjoyed realizing that more than ever. Wow. Thank you. I really appreciate that. (laughs) It's interesting. I had a a meeting with my agent recently just to touch base at the start of the year. And from editing our interviews and uh, looking at what we were going to be saying today and speaking mm. to her, a lot of things at the moment have just really driven home to me that I feel much more grounded in a sense of who I am at the moment than I think I ever have before. So thank you. That's a wonderful place to be. So it and it's quite it's exciting, it, you know. And obviously, things change and it doesn't fix everything, but it's a, a nice thing to have to come back to. Mm. And in the same vein, it was a real honour to speak to you about where you are at as an artist, but also to touch on the deeper meaning for you behind your journey. And I love the idea that just as we're both an insignificant piece of the universe, that we also have the whole universe inside us as well. And it can be so easy to, if we reduce our careers to purely a business level, Mm -hmm. then it can be really easy to disregard why we're doing what we're doing. So I think it's important to remember to ask questions, be curious 
And don't assume you know the answer. I was lucky enough to have a specific reason to ask you about what's driving you today. But we should remember to ask questions like that without a prompt. Being reminded or discovering why you do what you do is a gift to me on my own journey. So thank you. And that idea that existence must mean something as a collective. Yeah. I think it's, it's easy to get caught up in our brand how we're going to make that call back, getting in touch with an agent. Yeah, and it's exactly why I think the universe interests me so much is that it allows you to not only, you know, because you do get caught up in the day-to-day stuff and when you can look at the bigger picture and understand that there's this, <laughs> there's all this stuff out there that is just space and there's infinite amounts of it but then at the same time there's everything within inside you it just calms you a lot and I think that's something that oh, we've spoken about this you know anxiety and, and dealing with uh, I guess your own thought patterns it's a really calming effect to be able to look at the universe and use it as ground zero if you will yeah I love that that's the thing we talk about there's got to be a higher purpose we can't get caught up and Chum actually going back to previous podcasts which yeah. we're about to do <laughs> yeah. Chum spoke about this it's quite a bit never been a better time to do it to, yeah, correct <laughs> Chum spoke about this quite a bit actually that don't get caught in the shit and I'm, I'm paraphrasing here don't get caught in the shit of the day to day think about the higher purpose and why you're here because you know so many actors can go through and just tick the boxes and it's like no what, what's the purpose of what I'm doing if you can find that higher purpose it gives more meaning to what you're doing it's the stories we tell ourselves right has that been the big lesson for you from the interviews we've done so far or um... yeah well it's interesting I went back over the old interviews and I listen to them again I know they become our life for a month but then you sort of let them go a little bit don't you and it's nice to be reminded of the things that you took out and I noticed in listening to this new section I guess our new purpose uh, there was three things that really all of my takeouts came into these three buckets Uh, first one was understanding self the second one was courage (laughs) and the third one was positivity all of my points came under that. So think about it. Understanding self, there is a place for you. Courage. Freedom to explore if you take away the taboo. The courage to do. The investment in beliefs. Then you've got positivity, which is, and personally, this is my favorite, your yeah. obstacles are your successes. Mm-hmm. As well as no is only closer to yes. <laughs> I, I think your obstacles are your successes is the one. If I had to pick one, I think that's a wonderful thing. But there's those three buckets that keep popping up, which are really lovely buckets to think about. Yeah, it's really interesting to me. Obviously, we had planned for a little while now what's coming up for the next podcast. So we knew that Mm. this podcast with our interviews was coming. But then, of course, we get here and it turns out that what we're talking about seems completely right for me at least, for what mm. I feel like I need to be addressing it in my life. Happens. It's it just, always happens. <laughs> it's completely beautiful and, and I, yeah. I suppose it shouldn't surprise me. But obviously I've been doing a lot of reflection in my life outside of the podcast and the focus on self-love and all of that. But the thing that strikes me from the podcast interviews that we've done and all of the amazing storytellers that we've been lucky enough to speak to. It obviously includes chapter one of the podcast too because mm, there's yeah. 
gold throughout that. Yeah. But particularly chapter two, given our change in focus, as you mentioned, it kind of wraps up all of the three things that mm-hmm. you brought up. <laughs> Is the realisation that it's how we view what needs to be done that dictates whether we will do it. Mm. Mindset. It's mindset. But whatever it is that you need to do to shift your perspective so that it helps you to feel positive about what you want to achieve, do that thing because perspective is the only thing that is stopping you. So Mm. how we view what needs to be done dictates whether we will do it. That is my takeaway. And I was really excited when I realized. I love that. Yeah, I love that. And, and I love the fact that everyone's different on that too. You know, how they view something. Some people will find positivity or the, the lightness in it. Some yeah. people find the courage, the, the fire in their belly. There's different ways to look at things to get us to the same place. Because Absolutely. We're all and because it's only about how you will view it, not how someone else will. And when you asked at the top of the podcast, how I was going to achieve my big scary goal for the year. This is Mm. part of it. And this sort of book ended it for me when I realized that this is the thing that I continue to learn through this podcast and obviously tools how to shift that focus is that if I view what I want to achieve this year and and believe that it's possible, then that is the thing that will dictate whether I make it there or not. So <laughs> bring on Christmas Far so we out. can find out. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> Fast forward everyone to Christmas, 12 episodes. Uh, <laughs> thank you so much for this podcast, Lauren. It's been an absolute joy. So for everyone else, that's the end of Chapter 2, Podcast 7. We really hope that you've enjoyed uh, something a little bit different this time around. Oh, you're taking the time to reflect on where you're at and what that brings to you here. And if you'd like to listen to more podcasts from the Active Storytelling Back Catalogue, Chapters 1 and 2, head over to www.theactivestorytelling.com.au. And if you're not sick of our voice and you'd like to get in touch with us, you can hit us up on either Facebook, Twitter or via email, theactivestorytelling at gmail.com. And of course, we love if you'd like to leave us a review on iTunes. And you can also support the podcast financially, monthly, via Patreon at patreon.com forward slash the act of storytelling or as a one-off PayPal donation via our website. The links are on there. But if you like what we're doing and you'd like to help us bring you more chaos goodness in the months to come, you don't feel like financial contribution is the way to do it, even just liking our social media posts or sharing a podcast link to help spread the word is massive. That would really help out. So, yeah, totally yeah. would. In the meantime, though, just continue to join us on the Act of Storytelling. And, and thank you so much for listening. Earbuds, Melbourne's podcast network. Earbudsnetwork.com.